Well, good evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight. Thankful you could float in. Amen. And let's all stand together if you would. Let's turn to page 198. Page 198, verses 1, 3, and 4 tonight. He abides. Page 198. Let's sing it out on that first together. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the pilgrim way. For the hand of God in all my life I see. And the reason of my bliss, yes, the secret all is this, that the Comforter abides with me. He abides, He abides, hallelujah, He abides with me. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way, for the Comforter abides with me. He is with me everywhere, and he knows my every care. I'm as happy as a bird and just as free. For the Spirit has control, Jesus satisfies my soul, since the Comforter abides with me. He abides, he abides, hallelujah, he abides with me. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way, for the Comforter abides with me. There's no thirsting for the things of the world, they've taken wings. Long ago I gave them up and instantly, all my night was turned to day, all my burdens rolled away, now the Comforter abides with me. He abides, He abides, hallelujah, He abides with me. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow way, for the Comforter abides with me. Amen. Great start tonight. What a blessing. Well, it's good to be back in God's house tonight. Amen. And uh, Brother Darren Dusher, a good friend, and many of you know him, uh, pastors down in Parsons, Kansas, and he said one time our building reminded him of Noah's Ark. And I said, well, it's good to be in the ark tonight, amen, and uh, it's dry, for the most part it's dry, amen, uh, we've got a few, few leaks in the ark, amen, but we're still afloat, amen, so let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, tonight, and uh, certainly pray, pray for our classes uh, that are downstairs, our teen class as well that's meeting, and certainly our services uh, tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Chuck Bellis if you would pray for us tonight, brother. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? Of course, it's already uh, been a busy uh, week, and uh, so our ladies had uh, their ladies' meeting uh, last night, and I uh, had a good time uh, despite the weather and things like that, and so thankful for those ladies that were able uh, to make uh, that. And then, of course, this coming Friday is our harvest party, our annual harvest party. And so, again, if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, uh, that'll be in the afternoon, uh, the uh, they'll be uh, doing that uh, from 1 o'clock until 3 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. 
And then, of course, uh, for the church, it'll be at 7 o'clock at night until 9 p.m. at night. And so, again, if you could help us out with that, we'd sure appreciate uh, that. But it's been a real blessing uh, and uh, see folks signing up and the candy and things like that. And so appreciate uh, folks helping us out uh, with that. Also, don't forget about this coming Sunday night, uh, October the 29th. There'll be a linger longer following the evening service. And there is also a teen chili uh, cook-off. And so you'll be able to uh, participate in that as well as judge the chilies and, and things like that. And so I want to encourage you to be here uh, for that. Bring some finger foods and things like that. And we'll certainly have a wonderful time of fellowship uh, in the Lord. Some things coming up in November. Certainly uh, one of the major things is November the 10th is the church hayride and cookout. And so if you'd like to go to that, there's a sign-up sheet out in the outer foyer. And then, of course, don't forget about November the 19th, which is the Sunday before Thanksgiving is our Thanksgiving banquet. And so we'll have regular morning services. Uh, do bring a side dish or maybe a dessert or both or something like that. And then we'll have a big lunch over in the E.J. Watson uh, Gymnasium and then come back and have an afternoon service. So there'll be no evening service uh, that, that day. And Brother Frank Wood is going to be our guest preacher. And then, of course, Tuesday, uh, the uh, week of Thanksgiving, we'll move our midweek service from Wednesday night to Tuesday, November the 21st. And I know that uh, that will certainly allow for folks to travel and things like that. Again, there's uh, still some of these flyers uh, for our harvest party coming up Friday that are available. If you'd like to uh, pass out uh, some of those, you certainly can. Okay, let's go ahead and get our prayer list out uh, tonight, and uh, we'll move right along. Uh, with our service and uh, if you have a prayer request or an update or anything like that we'll take those at, at this time did just want to uh, mention a few things uh, tonight uh, just quickly certainly add the uh, harvest party uh, to the prayer list and want to ask if you would pray uh, for that uh, do continue to pray for Miss Melanie Edler with uh, the tests that she has been going through also the Ramers are traveling and so certainly pray uh, for them and then also have a couple that we need to add on tonight. One of those is uh, Eile Marsala, Eile, uh, E-I-L-E-E, -E -E, uh, Marsala. Uh, and that is uh, some of our family and uh, one of our uh, uh, little nieces or cousins. I can't remember. I think it's a uh, cousin, isn't it? And uh, But she is in Children's Mercy uh, here in Kansas City and uh, just going through some tests and things like that, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, she's been having some digestive issues and so if you would uh, just want to ask if we could pray for her tonight and then also add my mom uh, on our prayer list I'd taken her off she'd kind of recovered from the knee surgery and then uh, was out and about uh, last week and tripped and and fell and uh, and uh, got herself uh, really good and so she's kind of trying to heal up uh, from some of that and so if you would pray for her I know she would appreciate uh, that there's a lot of uh, different ones on our prayer list for health issues and and uh, families grieving, certainly the loss that need to be saved. And so let's pray for these uh, tonight. Anybody have a prayer request or an update or, or anything like that uh, tonight? Okay, Brother Clark. Yes. Okay. Mm 
Okay. All right. So let's add Miss Shirley uh, Duggar on there for a broken hip and, and do can and do uh, make that a matter of prayer. So anybody else tonight? All right. Brother Bells. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Amen. Sure. Okay. All right. So as we go to the Lord in prayer tonight, let's pray. Uh, certainly the things that are going on over there, and I know our military is getting closer and closer to being involved in that. And so, and, uh, you know, we've got elections and things coming up, so we need to pray for our country. Boy, I'm telling you, we need godly men to step back into leadership in our country again. That'd be a real blessing. We don't need, we don't need politicians. We need statesmen. That's what we need. And uh, that'd be a real blessing. But let's pray for that tonight. Anybody else tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? All right, let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight. You guys are like, it's raining. Let's get on with this thing. Amen. So, uh, but let's pray uh, for these things. And uh, a lot of burdens and a lot of things tonight. But I'm thankful we've got a God in heaven that hears and answers. Amen. Brother Will Kennedy, would you pray for us uh, tonight? Amen. song aren't you thankful we can go to our god for rest amen let's turn to page 331 and stand one last time together page 331 he brought me out we'll sing verses one two and four together tonight page 331 lift it up together on that first verse my heart was distressed neath jehovah's dread frown and low in the pit where my sins dragged me down I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay 
who tenderly brought me out to golden day. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. He placed me upon the strong rock by his side. My steps were established, and here I'll abide. No danger of falling while here I remain, but stand by his grace until the crown I gain. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. On the last, I'll sing of his wonderful mercy to me. I'll praise him till all men his goodness shall see. I'll sing of salvation at home and abroad till many shall hear the truth and trust in God. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. Amen. Great singing tonight. Let's remain standing. Go ahead and get your Bibles ready for the message this evening. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity for if a man know not for if a man know not how to rule his own house how shall he take care of the church of god not a novice lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil moreover he must have a good report of them which are without lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil all right and so we're going to stop there and maybe my sound man will run the microphone up here to me because i didn't get it uh on the way in tonight and so uh let's have a word of prayer 
and, uh, and we'll get started tonight. Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you, Lord, that you help us and lead us and guide us in, in everything that we do. And, and no question, Lord, tonight you've given us qualifications for bishops. And so help us tonight as we once again look to your word to study it. Pray that you bless the preaching now in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated uh, tonight. And uh, that was my fault, I guess. But So uh, next time, just throw it at me when I'm coming through and I forget it. Amen. Uh, let me get this situated here. Well, a- as we've already uh, seen in our study of 1 Timothy, Timothy was left at Ephesus to establish sound doctrine. Now, my kids, our kids in our chapel, we've been going through 1 Timothy as well. And so there are a couple of messages behind, but they know this now. They were answering questions today. So sound means healthy. And so sound doctrine is healthy doctrine, and healthy doctrine produces healthy believers, all right? So, but here's the thing. We saw that in chapter number one, all right? But then in chapter number two, we begin to see this, that healthy Christians, well, that, that actually means this that healthy Christians are striving to be godly Christians, all right? And men are to be godly, and ladies are to be godly. And, and that's what chapter 2 was about. So now we move into chapter 3, and here's what I would say to you tonight, that just as there is a need for godly men in the church and godly women in the church, there is also a need for godly leadership in the church. All right, and that is why Paul leaves these, what I would say are the qualifications of, of, of a bishop. Now, here's, here's, what, here's the way that I would present this to you tonight. It would be easy for us. It would be easy for us to just, to just have one quick message and run down the gamut of all of these characteristics and, and qualifications and all of those things, and, and we could do that tonight. But, but here, here's, what, here's what I would say to you. Look at the condition of our churches today. And the reason I say that is because one of the biggest reasons as to why they're in that the condition that they're in is the lack of godly leadership. And one of the big reasons why there's a lack of godly leadership is because nobody is looking to the Bible to see what God has to say about those things. And whether or not there are requirements or qualifications and things Uh, like that. And what I would say to you tonight is this, yes, God does have qualifications in His Word for His men. So my thing tonight would be this, if Faith Baptist Church is going to continue moving forward in a direction that honors and pleases our Lord Jesus Christ, then I would say to you tonight, I'm not the only one that needs to know these things. You need to know these things as well. And so what we're going to kind of take our time and go through these things tonight. And so tonight is just the qualifications of a bishop. And it's actually part one tonight. I don't know if there'll be uh, a part. I know there'll be a part two. But there may be a part three before it's all uh, said and done. But we're going to go through here and just study uh, all of these things. Now now look, we, we understand tonight. Not just anyone can be a medical doctor. All right, hopefully you're, you know, even, you know, I think if we went to the doctor's office, I don't, listen, I don't want to see the lady outside that's taking all my insurance information. I want to see the doctor. That's what I paid money for. Well, what about the physician's assistant? That's fine, but you better send, as long as they can give me some medicine. 
You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and it scares, you know, the last time I went uh, to the urgent care, it was the physician's assistant, and I had kids older than him. And I was like, I just don't, you know, anyways. But he didn't know what he was doing because I had vertigo at the time, and he goes, he goes here, put your head, lay back and put your head in my hand. And I went, all right. And then he turned my head one way, and everything started spinning. I was like, whoa. He goes, yeah, that's what I, yeah. I was like, yeah, don't do that again. So we understand you must meet the required standards. You must have the proper education. You must pass the necessary tests. You must be approved by the state and the medical board in order uh, to be a doctor. Now, many of us uh, probably remember the old uh, commercials where, you, you know, there would be a, you know, the need for someone qualified for a certain situation and then a random person would stand up and go, well, I'm not a doctor, but I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night. All right, well here, but the reality is this, just because you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express does not mean you are a real uh, doctor. Well, in the same sense, what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this, in the same sense, so too is a pastor. In order to be a biblical pastor, you must meet the required standards of God's Word, and that is what our text is about. And, and think about this in the context of the, uh, of the book of 1 Timothy. As Timothy stays in Ephesus, he would be required to make sure that biblically qualified men serve as pastor, as assistant pastor within the church at Ephesus. Well, why? So that the church would be everything that God intends for her to be. And, and what I would say to you tonight is this. And so should Faith Baptist Church desire the same things and do the, the same uh, things. Look with me, if you would, at verse number 1 tonight. He says, this is a true saying. If a man desire, now notice this, the office of a bishop. And, and so I would say to you tonight, if we just kind of starting from scratch here, the first thing that we need to clear up is the word bishop uh, that is used uh, right here. We don't, you know, we don't use this word to describe uh, a pastor today because of false religions' uh, misuse of the term. If you were to come to me and call me Bishop Stewart, now according to the Scripture, that's not that's okay. Come on, some of you are like, no, no, wait. Well, here, that's why. That's exactly why we don't use that term because of its association with 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 false religion. However, it's a biblical term. It's a biblical term. And, it, and really, here's the neat thing, is that it helps to describe some of the responsibilities of the pastor. All right? Uh, many of you know this. If you've gone through the ABCs of, of Christian growth in our Sunday school class, all right, but there are three words in the Bible that describe uh, a pastor, all right? The, the first one is bishop that's used here. And the word bishop just simply means this, an overseer. All right? The term elder is also used. And the term elder doesn't mean he has to be old. All right? It means, it's the idea of he, it implies uh, a ruler. Not a dictator, but a ruler in the sense of one that leads and, and one that oversees like, like a bishop. And the term pastor uh, certainly implies shepherd. And again, that goes back to the same thought there, one who leads and also feeds the flock of God. So here Paul begins to address the office of being a bishop within 
the church at Ephesus, which, of course, is the office of a pastor. Now, here's the first thing that he says. Look at what he says. He says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good, he desires a good work. It's a good work. It's a good work. I like what he said. This is a true saying. It is a good work. It's, I mean, it's almost like he's trying to emphasize, encouraging. Because, hey, listen, being in the ministry is a privilege. It really is. It's a privilege. It may not bring you worldly fame and success, but it is a good work in the sight of God. It's a good work in the sight of God. You get to see, listen, you get to see God work in the lives of people. You get to see people get saved. You get to see people win victories in their life. You get to see, listen, you get to see God do some wonderful and amazing things. Now, on the other side of that, yes, there are losses as well, but it's still a good work because of the eternal rewards. It's like I always think about the the conversation that the young preacher had with the old preacher, and the young preacher asked the old preacher, what's the worst thing about ministry? And the old preacher said, people. And the young, the young preacher looked at him kind of puzzled and said, well, what's the best thing about ministry? And he said, people. Because with people, listen, people, people can reject the things of God, but praise God, people can also receive the things of God. And you get to watch as God does a work in their life. Now, I say, I say all that to make the application to say this tonight, that we are living in a day where God's people are discouraging the next generation, even their old even their own children from things like God calling them to preach or God calling them to the mission field or God calling them into full-time service. And what I want to declare to you tonight is this. We should not be doing those things. We shouldn't have that spirit and that attitude that God says this. It is a good work. That There is no greater need upon the face of this earth than the need of the gospel of Jesus Christ to reach the lost. There is, therefore, there is a, also a great need for pastors and for missionaries. And here's the thing tonight. It may be looked down upon by men, but it is not looked down upon by God. And I'm just, listen, I, I'm telling you, we, we put way too much emphasis on temporal and earthly treasures when we need to be putting emphasis back on that which is eternal. That is where God uh, that is where the value system of God goes way, way up. And that is where our hearts need to be at uh, tonight. Now look at the other thing that he says here. And I'm kind of moving kind of quickly here to get to some things here. But look at the next thing that he says. So he says, this is a true saying. And he talks about it being a good work. But then he says this, if a man, notice this, desire the office of a bishop. So the, that word desire here, and you and I need to be clear on this as well tonight. This is not a fleshly desire. This is not a covetous desire. I don't know why it would be, but but there it just sometimes it can, you know it can be to some. But but rather you you and I have to understand this speaks to the call of God on a man's life and the desire that God puts within him as he surrenders to it. That's what we've got to understand tonight. Listen, a man man could desire the office of a bishop in his flesh. He could desire it uh, maybe out of a lust for money uh, or or power or, you know, authority, things that appeals to his pride. I've seen that happen before. 
But, but notice, notice what he says in, in verse number 6, though. He says, Not a novice, lest being lifted up uh, with pride, he fall into the condemnation uh, of the devil. So you understand, if, if a guy craves the office of a bishop because of those kind of things, you understand, the devil's going to get the glory and he's eventually going to sift him like wheat. And, and so the point is this, we cannot, we cannot look right there at verse number 1 and where it says if a man desire the office of a bishop, it's not talking about a fleshly desire, a, a covetous uh, desire. No, it is talking about God's call upon a man's life and the desire that God puts within him. It's not, it's not something of the flesh. I was thinking about this and I was reminded uh, years and, and years ago and I was pastoring in Cassville and we were doing a Bible study with a lady, and uh, she came in uh, one night, and uh, I guess, I think it was like the night, be- the study before, the week before, we had gone through about, you know, getting involved in church and serving in church and stuff like that. And so she comes in, and she hands me these two pieces of paper stapled together and says, hey, she goes, preacher, I found this, and hands it to me, and then goes into the next room, we're getting ready to do the Bible study with her, Natalie and I. And so I'm looking at this list, and it starts out, and it, say, and it says things like this. It says, do you like speaking in front of people? Do you, do you like leading people? Do you like, do you like teaching people from, from, from the Bible? And, and I, so I read like the first three questions. And look, you understand. I mean, you, what it was doing, it was a spiritual gift test. She had, she had downloaded it off the internet and printed it out for me. I was like, I'm sure glad you brought this to me because I'd have had no idea how to find out what my spiritual gift was. You understand? And this, as soon as I, you know, I read them first, I knew what it was trying to get at. It was trying to, it was going to say, this is going to, your spiritual gift is preaching. And, and so you know, that's, that's, this is what, so here's what I did with it. Right in the trash. Because you under, listen, here's the thing. I didn't like any of those things. Do you like speaking in front of people? Nope. Do you like do you like anything to do with people? Nope. Do you, you understand? No, but here's the thing. God did a work in my life. And God called me. And God, and, and so you understand, listen, what, what I'm trying to get across to you is this, is that the desire for the office of a bishop is not based off of some silly test that you find on the internet. It needs to be because you sought God on the matter and God called you and put the desire in your heart. And I also know this, this is incredibly important because in ministry there are going to be times where things are everything goes wrong that you can think of. And all you got is the call of God on your life to hold on to and go, that's the one thing I'm sure about right there. Because everything else is, is total chaos and, and, a, and a mess. I love, I, I'm telling you, I love how appropriate we are hitting this after we just finished uh, the call of God on Samuel's life in our Sunday night service. And I, to which I would say to you again tonight, that, that as we looked at Samuel and now we're looking tonight, I would say to you this, God still calls men to preach and God still calls men to pastor uh, His churches and so we just need more men to answer the call. It's good stuff. So, now that we've got all that situated, 
There's something else that we've got to deal with. As you and I would enter into a text like this, the tendency could be, now I'm not saying any of you would think like this because you're very spiritual, and, but the tendency could be for someone to think, okay, so this is dealing with qualifications to bishops and pastors and God's not called me into the ministry and so I don't really need to pay attention to this or study this tonight. So, if that's the thinking, then, then let me just bring some things to your mind tonight, because I would beg to differ with you on that. Um, for, for instance, he, here's one that you need to keep in mind. As pastor of Faith Baptist Church, I am accountable to this church over these qualifications. Not the building, you. All right, so, well, but, but see, here's the thing. How do you, but, but how do you know these, you know, uh, how do you know what those are if you don't know this passage? See, see, what, I'm, see what I'm saying? Listen, the, the idea is this, is that you, you're to, you understand, you're to hold my feet to the fire on these things, so to speak. All right? In other words, if there is ever a time where I disqualify myself, God forbid, all right, then I am to remove myself from the office of Faith Baptist Church. I'm to do that. And if I'm not unwilling to do so, then the church has the authority to do so and should. Now, now, come on, now, let's look down at verse number 2. A bishop must then be blameless, the husband of, of one wife. Look at verse 3, not given to wine, no striker, not, of greedy, uh, not, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not, not, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house. You, you, you understand? Listen, I've seen men of God today, please listen to this, I've seen men of God today disqualify themselves with things like a divorce or committing adultery. But then the church, instead of the church removing them from office, they changed their bylaws to allow the man to continue to pastor. Look at me. That better not happen here. That is wicked. That is, that, come on, that's ungodly. Please listen to this. We're, we're not to change the standard of God's Word just because we like a guy. You, you can like a guy, that's fine, and you can love a guy and care about somebody. But, but you understand, friend, this does not change. This does not change, and, 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 and so you understand, no matter how much you care. Listen, we ought to care more about God and His church than we do man, and even God's man. And, and, and those things come first. But here's, but here's the other thing now. I want you to think about this. Uh, also, you've got to consider that what if something happens to me? All right, now please, no, 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 no. Don't start going, well, he's the... Stop. All right, I am not going anywhere. All right, please listen to this. All right, now, I wrote this down in my notes, and I'm saying this again tonight because I'm tired of people coming by and going, now don't you go anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Stop it. Didn't you just hear Sunday morning? I don't like moving. <laughs> I hate moving. But my goal is to give Faith Baptist Church 30 years. That's my goal. That puts me at 72. Mercy. That is ridiculous. If the Lord allows me to live that long, if we have any more 
floods in this building. I may not. But here's the thing. Brother Watson had 50 years. Brother E.J. Watson had 50 years. I'm not, I'm just saying, that would, I, listen, I, I don't know if I can make it to 92. If I do, I'm definitely not going to be pastoring when I'm 92. Somebody say amen. I'm going to be fishing when I'm 92. In fact, I might be fishing on Sundays at 92. I'll just be out there doing what I don't even know where I'm at. What am I doing? What day is today? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding you. I'm just... But I'm not, I'm not going anywhere, and quitting is not an option. Amen. But, but here's the thing. What, what if something happened to me like I was, I was killed tragically in a car accident? Or what, what, if, what, if, what if something happened to me and, you know, and, and I went to the doctor and they said, man, you're, you're eat up with cancer and you got six months to, to live. Well, here's, here's the thing. Then it falls to the church to find a biblically qualified man to be the next pastor. Now, please understand, I'm not going, I'm not trying to wish anything or curse myself or whatever kind of voodoo you're thinking. All right, that's not the idea here, but I'm saying to you, this church needs to be prepared. prepared. And so you do need to know these things. And you better get a qualified man of God because me and Brother E.J. Watson already decide, decided we're going to come back and haunt you if you don't. So here's the thing. So you do need to understand these things, but here's the second thing, and I want you to think about this. These are also things, these are also characteristics that you should be modeling your life after. It's not like we look down at these things and go, well, you know, that's for the preacher, but I'm okay. So you shouldn't be hospitable? You, it's, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you, it's okay for you to drink wine? Now, I might need a few strikers and brawlers. That's the ushers. It's in the Greek right there. That's what that means, usher. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, so, so let me, listen, let me warn you tonight. Don't, don't have the mindset that these are the qualifications of a bishop and you don't need them in your life. No, these, these are good things. These are all things that we need in our lives and especially we should desire to see it in our children. So, so if God deals with them down the road about serving Him, well, they're already carrying out these standards in their life. I was thinking about this tonight. And my son's down at Heartland and training for the ministry. But listen to this. Even before God called him into the ministry, you know what his, wife, our mom, uh, his mother and I were doing? We were praying about the spouse that God would give him. And we want him to have a godly marriage and, and, to, and to be the husband of one wife. And we want our daughters to marry godly men and, and it'd be one uh, woman and one man married together for one lifetime. We want them to be hospitable. We want them to behave themselves. We want them to honor and glorify God in their lives. So, so really, this isn't just for me and my family. This is for everybody uh, in this church. And in fact, I wrote these things down. Listen to this. A pastor or a bishop, it is one that others should be able to model their lives after. It's not to say he's to be worshipped. Let me say that again tonight. It's not to say he should be worshipped, and here's why. Absolutely not, because he will struggle and fail at, this, at some of these things, just like you will struggle and fail at some of these things. But I am to follow Christ, just like you are to follow Christ. And the reality is, I am to be an example of that in, in following the Lord Jesus Christ. And people within the church will be influenced by my example, whether that be bad or good. All right, so I'm preaching myself a little bit tonight. But here's the thing, you've got to understand this, God knew those things. God knew those things when He started His church and established His church. And so this is why the standards are so high. 
Someone once said this, and, I, and this is a, I, I believe this to be a true statement. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Don't believe me, look at Israel and the kings. When Israel had a godly king, guess what? The nation was going in a godly direction. When Israel had a wicked king, guess where the nation of Israel was going? You understand what I'm saying? So everything rises and falls on leadership. And so the point being, if you have someone with poor character and leadership, they're going to produce a people with poor character. But if you have someone with godly character and leadership, they're going to produce people with godly character. God desires godly men in the pulpit. Why? So it produces godly people in the pew. The example of a pastor and how he loves and leads his family, how he treats others and how he walks with God will have an influence on the people. And these are things that we should all desire in our lives and even for our children to follow. It's good stuff though, isn't it? I mean, that's all introduction, but that's so very good. Now look down at verse number two. We're only actually going to look at at verse number 2 tonight, and we're not even going to make it all the way through that because some of you were looking at all those commas and going, that's a lot of points. So in verse number 1, he says, this is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. But then in verse number 2, he begins to give the qualifications, and here's what he says. A bishop then must be blameless. Okay, now this is... This is a fairly simple one, all right? He starts out. But the reason I like this one is because it, it kind of introduces all of the qualifications of a bishop. And it means this. It means without fault. And it means cannot be accused. And it really begins to apply to every one of the following qualifications. So it's almost like a, a, it's almost like a heading for everything else. It's blameless. Blameless does not mean sinless, but it does mean that a bishop must not be guilty of having a defective character in the items that are listed below. Now, let me also say this tonight, all right? So, I remember being in Bible college, and uh, we were doing, uh, through the winter break, we were doing, uh, we were doing a class on uh, ecclesiology and the doctrine of the church, and and uh, so I, I picked the qualifications of a bishop because I enjoy controversy. And I did too, son. I'm telling you, I stirred it up. And there was a preacher friend of mine that was in there who agreed with me, and he never said nothing. And he came up after class and said, Hey, brother, I'm on the same page with you. And I said, well, Where were you when I was getting eggs and things thrown at me in the class and stuff? It was wild. Anyways, I got some great stories about that. But here's one of the things that one of the guys said, one of the carnal guys said. He said, don't you know that not, no man can actually keep all these qualifications? To which I said, then why did God put them in there? You, you understand? And, and, and in one sense, listen, I understand this tonight. No man is perfect. No, no man is. All right? Uh, but, you know, and I, you, you know he, 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 he's going to have his moments. I know I have had uh, my moments. However, if no man can meet these qualifications, then why did God put them in His Word? These are not just suggestions that we can take and leave like a buffet. Well, I kind of like that one, but I don't like that one. And I kind of like... You know. 
You know, I like baked beans, not lima beans. I don't, that's not how that works. You, you understand, a man who says, and a man who says stuff like that is often looking for ways to justify himself or loopholes within the Word of God for unqualified people to serve uh, in the office when really they just need to own it. They are not qualified. It's the simple truth of the matter. A bishop must be blameless in all these things. And, and the idea here is this. He may not be perfect, but he is described to be godly in his life. And he's striving to meet these characteristics in his life. That's the idea of being blameless. Now let me give you the second thing here. All right, and this, Again, this is as far as we're going to get. Because right off the bat here, it says the husband of one wife. Well, now we're getting into controversy now. Here's why it's controversial. Because we don't like what the Bible says. And we try to twist it and change it. And so here's, here's the first two qualifications. One, he must be blameless. And two, he must be the husband of one wife. Now this one, all right, it's been misunderstood. It's been abused. So let me explain it. He's to be the husband of one wife. First of all, this rules out women being called to preach or pastor. <laughs> she is not a husband of one wife. A husband is a male. A husband was born male. So this excludes women or women who transgender to men. Or women portraying the role of a man in a sodomite relationship. And it's a shame that we got to deal with all that, but here's where we be. So just so we're all clear tonight, and really the truth of the matter is, I don't understand why this is so incredibly controversial, especially after you go back up to the first few verses that end chapter number 2, where it kind of talks about how a godly woman is. And a godly woman does not usurp authority over a man. And this includes the office of pastoring and preaching God's Word. So I don't know why this, this is complicated, but I'm just telling you, I've heard women use the excuse that men aren't answering the call. And, and so they decided to do it because somebody needed to do it. But, but using someone else's disobedience to justify your own disobedience doesn't make it obedience. Did you, you catch that? That makes sense? It doesn't, I mean, I mean, they're disobeying, so I'll disobey and that'll make everything right. That's not how that works. And I've even heard, well, well you know, what about, what about Deborah in, in, in the book of Judges? And, and Deborah, Deborah was a, but Deborah was a judge. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but if you study it out, if you study it out, she was a godly woman. Be, be, be a fact, she didn't usurp authority over men. God, God, instead, God used her to be a godly influence on Barak, who was a man, and who led Israel into battle and into victory. Because it's men that are, are to lead. Not, not to say ladies can't be influential, and godly ladies can be used. We dealt with all of that last week. I'm trying not to be controversial tonight, but here we are again. So, 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 first of all, this rules out women being called to preach. Now, second, all right, now please listen to this. 
This does not mean one wife at a time. This is not a reference to polygamy or multiple wives. Well, you know, in the Bible, yeah, I know, but they were wrong then too. In fact, you study it out. It was the ungodly lineage of Cain that started marrying more than one wife. It was Lamech. Listen, it's not. Men have, have twisted this, the husband of one wife. They have twisted this and said things like this in order to justify divorced men in the pulpit. But, but notice verse 5. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? If a man has been divorced, then he's also contrary to that qualification because he hasn't been ruling his own house. If he can't love and lead his wife and his children, he has no business leading God's people in God's church. The qualification of a husband of one wife means that a bishop or pastor cannot be divorced. It does not matter either if, his wife, uh, if he was divorced before he got saved. It doesn't matter if he was divorced. Well, you know, that was before he got saved. Well, he's still disqualified. He's still... He's still disqualified. Listen, it is one, one wife for one lifetime. Which is the example that God set forth in the home when He created Adam and Eve. And that's the example that Christ went back to when He was dealing with marriage. And He said, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. Hello? See, and, by the, and by the way, listen, listen to this. If a man's wife has been divorced, he, he too is disqualified. Go, go down with me. Look down with me to verses 11 and 12. Okay, So this is talking about uh, the, the qualifications of a deacon. And it says, Even so must their wives be grave, not slander, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses uh, well. And, and so here, again, here it's dealing with the deacons and their wives. And the point is to say that if this instruction was given to the deacon's wives, then it's also implied that the pastor's wife needs to meet these as well. Because I've heard people say, well, you know, there's no instruction for the pastor's wife in here. Well, that doesn't mean that the pastor's wife just does whatever she wants to do. And, and I'm, I'm very grateful for a godly wife. And, and that carries herself with godly character. But, but you understand, there, there's care, the, the, you understand, even though it speaks to deacon's wife, it's implied to the pastor's wife as well. She too is to be a godly example. Now, let me, let me say this tonight. So we're dealing with this. And, and looking at this, and the qualification of a bishop, he's to be blameless and he's to be the husband of one wife. That means this, that he cannot be divorced and she cannot be divorced. And they're to be a godly example to the church. Let, let me say this, that does not mean that God cannot use divorced people. Do you, do you listen to that? That, that? This does not mean God cannot use divorced people. All right. It simply means that God has a standard for the office of a bishop. That's all this means. And those who have been divorced simply do not meet that standard. That's okay. God can certainly use folks who've been through divorce and can use them in mighty ways in other areas. I listen. I, one of my favorite, one of my favorite principles from the life of David is when David. 
wanted to build, he wanted to build the temple for God. And so he went to Nathan the prophet and said, you know what, it's not right. I got my house and God's, God's dwelling in tents over there in the ark. I want to build a house for God. And Nathan, Nathan, man, being the man of God and knowing the heart of David, says, hey, do, what, do all that is within thy heart. That is a noble cause right there. Praise the Lord. But then Nathan goes back and goes uh, to bed that night and God comes to him in a dream and says, I don't want David, and I'm paraphrasing all this, but he says, I don't want David building my house. David is a man of war. And so God's intention was that his house be a house of prayer. And in those days, any kind of religious place was a trophy of war victories. And God said, I don't want my house to be like that. I want my house to be a house of prayer. So David, you're not going to build it. Solomon, your son, is going to build it. So Nathan comes in the next day and tells David what, what God had said. And David, David's response was not, fine, then I just won't do anything. You know what David said? David said, all right, if I'm not qualified, what else can I do? What can I do to help? And, and think about this. Had David not prepared all the material? He, I mean, God gave him the blueprints, all of the gold, all of the silver, everything, all of the lumber and the stone. David had all of that ready to go when Solomon became king. And I'm just telling you this, without David's preparation, Solomon would have never been able to accomplish what he was able to accomplish. So I'm just, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, don't, you, you, you understand, that what David had, the spirit and the attitude that David had, that's the attitude all of God's people ought to have. You say tonight, preacher, I don't, I don't meet that standard. I can't, you, here's the thing, God can still use you. God can still use you in, in a mighty way. You may not be qualified, but your help is still, listen, it's still required. And it's still very, very much needed. You, you can teach a Sunday school class. You can help out in junior church. You can, listen, you can sing in the choir. You can work on a bus route. Hey, did I mention something about a harvest party that we need help for a harvest party? Did you hear anything about a harvest party going on Friday? Some of you are like, what? What? The harvest party? I don't. We need, we need help for those things. So here's the thing. We can rejoice that we can serve the Lord. So, so here, listen, th this is the bottom line tonight. We're going we're gonna to stop there and get into some of the other qualifications tonight. But this is the way I would close it out to you tonight. We need to be thankful for our church. We really do. I, I don't know that there would always be liberty like to preach on things like this in, in other places. And so we need to be grateful for that. And, and we need to, listen, we need to guard that. We really do. We need to guard that. But, but here's the other thing tonight. We're not just going down through these things so that we can, well, we can put the pastor on an examining table tonight and make sure he's where he's at. I mean, that's fine if you want to do that. But, but we're also looking at these things tonight to go, you know what? If this is something that, that the pastor is striving to have in his life, and he's not perfect at any of these things, and he's battling to have these things in his life, th this is something I need to have in my life. I need to strive to be blameless. I need to, I, I need to have a good report among them that are without and who are lost. And, and, and I need to be, you know, putting the things of God first in, in my life. Is anybody getting this tonight? 
And, and so that, that's the attitude. Listen, and here, and you may be even sitting tonight going, well, wait a minute. Like, like the qualification you just dealt with, I don't meet that. Yeah, but God can use you right where you're at. We just got to let Him use us tonight. What about you tonight? Let's all stand tonight. I know it's kind of.